Carolina podcast. Diving, diving deep. Diving deep into all things Texas, both on and off the field. Here's Sean Pendergast and Pro Football Hall of Famer, the General, Sean McClain. Welcome, welcome to Utopia. Like, they got their butts kicked today, you know what I mean? Like, there's not, there's no part of me, like, if this, then that, unless you want to look at all the cumu- the accumulation of injuries and somehow rationalize a game like that into injuries being the reason you lost it. But, John, they were, they were to my earlier point, they were, they were, they were out of sorts literally from kickoff in this game. Like, they just, they didn't show up. Well, they were, but it was 14-7 after Damian Pierce's 98-yard yep. kickoff return. And let's be honest, when, you look, when you're when you missing Will Anderson Jr. and Blake Cashman, and then you lose Jonathan Grenard, Jimmy Ward, and Steven Nelson in the first quarter, Nelson was the only one to return, you can't get pressure on the quarterback. And I got to think, if Grenard and Anderson had played for a statue, that Flacco wouldn't have been able to do all that. And there's only two players that hurt him. Running game didn't hurt him. The Joku had one touchdown, but they didn't get hurt by anybody but those twos. And I think Cooper burned every cornerback they had on the field, including Derek Stingley Jr. Yeah. Yep. He was yeah, Mari Cooper was incredible today. Eleven catches for 265 yards. Am I right on that, John? Twenty four point one yards a carry. Yep, 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 yep. Two touchdowns, even threw a two-point conversion into the mix. Good week to have Amari Cooper on your fantasy team. I he wanted say. to go back in at the end of the game to get 300. I love these wide receivers that are all trying to pad their stats, but they wouldn't let him. So he now has four 200-yard games, one off the all-time record that's shared by Calvin Johnson, and I can't remember the other one, but if Joe Flacco sticks around, he'll probably get it. I don't see Deshaun Watson playing like that and they have no quarterback controversy uh watson will be their quarterback next year no matter what happens this year and if flacco keeps playing like he has he's now thrown seven interceptions but you know what yeah. two weeks in a row he said five and it hasn't hurt him they've won yeah him. and even today john like i i can't I, I i'm not gonna lie and say i've gone back and watched all the interceptions he had before today but even like today like the interception the first one he threw it was right before the half, but it was really like a punt. You know, it was a deep ball that DeAndre Houston Carson was able to make a play on, and it didn't really hurt them. And then the next one was literally the last play of the first half where they were having to go for it on fourth down all the time because they had no kicker. Dustin Hopkins pulled a hamstring, and Stingley picks it off in the end zone. It's like, all right, well, it's not like it happened midway through. The, like, that was literally the last play of the half. Like, so I like even the two interceptions today. I'm like, am I going to watch that game? I watch it with my own two eyes. Joe Flacco was freaking great today. He was phenomenal. Absolutely. T- today. Yeah. Yeah. So I can't, I like the, at least the two that he threw against the Texans. I look at the box score. I'm like, all right, well, those aren't even, they're not the type of, those weren't the types of interceptions the Texans needed in order to win this game. You know, they no, needed one good in the stat sheet. Yeah, of course. Of course. Absolutely. So I'll tell you something else. I saw yeah. a national media person tweet. And I'm not going to say his name because it embarrasses him, but I'll guarantee you he's been pointed out a lot. He tweeted, there must be bad blood between the Texans and the Browns because the Browns keep going for two points. No way. <laughs> was, was he paying attention? Was he at the game? Obvious. No, no. It was a national guy who was oh, just looking okay. at scores and what was going on. When I saw the first two-point conversion, I'm like, well, why are they going for two? And then I watched – uh, Dustin Hopkins sprinting down the field trying to catch Damian Pierce, 
And uh, boy, that popped his hamstring. He may not play again. I told him, hey, we may see Matt Amendola up there unless he's somebody else. Just thinking the same thing, John. We might see Matt Amendola kicking important important field goals for the Cleveland Browns. John, what do you think the ceiling is for this Browns team? Are they a Super Bowl contender with Joe Flacco? I wouldn't think so. I mean, I their defense is great. They've been giving up 30 points a game on the road and 13 and all. And their media is talking about, well, they play Thursday night against Cincinnati, and if the Ravens lose to Miami, they got a chance to win the division. And I said, eh, don't count those chickens before they hatch because Baltimore is a better team, but it's a great story. Lions won again. I've been telling you for quite a while. I'd love to see the Lions and the Browns because they're long-suffering fans and media be able to, to play in the Super Bowl. I think that would be fabulous, although I'd really like to see the Ravens win since I picked them. But what a great Super Bowl that would be, Detroit and Cleveland. Yeah, the only thing that bothers me, John, is that in the um, pool of misery that is the fan bases of teams that have never won a Super Bowl, we would be losing one of our brethren. One of our one of our brethren would be losing their non Super Bowl winning virginity and leaving the leaving the flock, right? I mean, because the the right the Lions and the Browns, they, neither of them have ever won a. a like, no. I'm trying to think back in the Browns the won a championship in '64, the last yeah. before the Super Bowl, and yeah. the Lions won two in the '50s. Okay, yeah, that those don't count. Those, yeah, not in my era. They don't count. Couldn't say Super Bowl on the trophy. It doesn't. <laughs> Unfortunately, count. I was alive then, so they count mine. <laughs> yeah. Um, so uh, yeah, I don't know. Like I, I uh, maybe it's recency bias. Like if this is the version of Joe Flacco that they're getting, like they're a really dangerous team, I think. And and it's it's really interesting, John. Like all these teams go to great pains to try to like maneuver in the draft to get a quarterback and find a quarterback. And I mean, the Browns themselves traded three first round picks and paid Deshaun Watson $230 million. And the guy that might get them off the schneid is a dude they pulled off the couch to replace Deshaun Watson's replacements replacement. <laughs> like they, <laughs> like, I mean, yeah, crazy is this story? Like they were, John, I listened to a decent amount of Cleveland radio, like probably more like as far as out of town radio, cities that I listen in on probably Cleveland more than most, just because of the, I'm fascinated by their side of the whole Watson saga. And I can tell you that at one point earlier in the season, when Deshaun was getting hurt, one of the things they were really angry about up in Cleveland was the fact that they traded Josh Dobbs before the season started. You know, Josh Dobbs is a capable backup quarterback. They, they traded Josh Dobbs and it left them with PJ Walker and Dorian Thompson Robinson. And they were, they were miffed about that. And the funny thing about that is now in retrospect, if they had kept Josh Dobbs, like Josh Dobbs probably does enough to maybe keep them in that eight and seven swamp that the Texans are in. But Joe Flacco's playing at a level where he's got them at 10 and five right now. Like Joe Flacco's ceiling is so much higher than Josh Dobbs. And they pulled Joe Flacco off the couch. John, why do you know why was Flacco available? Was he sitting around waiting for an opportunity and being real? He's working out regularly, playing pickleball like crazy. Stay in shape, and he's throwing a lot, taking his kids to school, being a daddy and a husband. So he was staying in shape to see if somebody gave him a call, and they did call his agent to see what he was up to. You know, he was with the Jets last year, and nobody wanted him. He said last week he didn't know what his contract is. He said, I don't know what my contract is. Like, I don't care. I just wanted this opportunity. And he he wants to parlay this into another quarterbacking job. He knows it'll have to be as a backup. 
maybe in this situation. You see, like guys like him and Andy Dalton and Ryan Tannehill, there's a lot of veterans that people are going to be scared about. We better spend more money on a veteran so we get a guy like this for a starter gets hurt. I think they're going to be paying backup quarterbacks more than they ever have, and a guy like Flacco's performance is reason they're all going to benefit. Yeah, big time. All right, so um, Cleveland ten and five now. They've not yet clinched the playoff spot, but things would really have to break the ninety nine percent. Yeah, it's for them not to. Now the Texans, meanwhile, um, given all the carnage that's happened around them with Cincinnati losing last night, with the two AFC South teams that we've been talking about, Jacksonville and Indy, both losing. They're both eight and seven. The Steelers are eight and seven. Bengals are eight and seven. If the Broncos beat the Patriots tonight, they're eight and seven. So by my count, that's at least what six, eight and seven teams. Um, I would say, John, the Texans, all, all things considered, considering that they've, they lost CJ Stroud to the concussion protocol for two weeks. They've got all these injuries. Um, they've got, uh, they, they, they got blown out twice in three weeks and yet they still pretty much control their own destiny to get into the postseason. Like if they beat Tennessee and Indianapolis the next two weeks, I think the odds of them missing the playoffs are infinitesimally small. I, I think they're if they get to ten and seven, because all these eight and seven teams, the Texans have 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 beaten at one point or another. Other than the Colts, who they'll have to beat to get to ten and seven, so they'll have beaten all of these eight and seven teams at some point by the end of the year if they go ten and seven on this season. Well, Buffalo and Cleveland should get the well as two wild card spots, and then yep. everybody else would be battling. And they don't want a three-way tie. They want it to be hit up against somebody like Pittsburgh. All of a sudden, uh, they look like they may have found a quarterback. And uh, everybody did them a favor. And I thought that the Chargers were going to do it behind Easton Stig, but the Bills won it. But right now, Texans to give up, lose 30-6 to to Zach Wilson and then get beat 36-22. That's not a good recipe. It would help if some of these guys could come back. But, man, they just had so many injuries. Yeah, big time. All right. Just so the Texans players. Yeah, big time. No, these John, these we're talking like when you when you throw Jimmy Ward and John Grenard in with Will Anderson, C.J. Stroud, and Blake Cashman, and throw Nico in there last week. Like, I mean, you're, these are guys who are – that's that's five or six of their ten best players. Um, so it's – and then you got well, you know what? I don't want to hijack from stock down, stock up, because there's other names I could bring up here. And what yeah, don't say anything bad about as far anybody. As personnel decisions. Yeah, don't worry, don't worry. We'll get to that. We'll have plenty bad to say. Um, all right. So the good news is the Texans, I think, are still, provided they win football games, are still very much in control of their own destiny to get into the postseason. Look, the mere fact that we're having this conversation on Christmas Eve is massive progress from what we've seen the last couple of years. Yeah, absolutely. 